0: Blog Talk Radio
1: Goodbye Donald
0: Goodbye Donald Goodbye Donald You're going to leave us now Liberal Dan Radio, talk from the left, that's right. This is your host, Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana. To join the conversation, it's area code 914 803 4131. That's area code 914 803 4131. If you're listening during the live broadcast, you can always join us in the chat at slash Liberal Dan. Sign up for your free Blog Talk Radio account and join in the chat. Leave your questions and comments in there, or just call into the phone number. I think you can Skype in as well. And if you're listening after the live broadcast, you can always leave your comments, questions, concerns, etc. over on the show thread at Liberaldan.com, Facebook.com slash Liberaldan, or at Liberal Dan Radio on Twitter. A uh, bunch of stuff to talk about today. Uh, we have the continuing saga of Donald Trump and his refusal to uh, believe uh, reality and his ability to, uh, his constant refusal to accept the fact that he's going to lose this election. And, and in reality, I don't, I don't necessarily think he believes that he's losing the, that he can win this election, at least legitimately. Um, I, there's a good, maybe, maybe some of me thinks that he believes that he is going to, uh, that he could potentially pull off a victory um, because that's what he was trying to do with all of his casting of doubt of the election results before the election. Uh, but I think that after words, I think he's still just kind of he never. He'll never admit that he was wrong. First of all, admitting that you were wrong is normally. I mean, even before we had Trump, I, I always had the belief that as a conservative, there's just an unwillingness, unwillingness to admit that you are wrong. Uh, it's, just un, it's just It's just not within their DNA to be able to say, but you know what, I made a mistake, I was wrong, I'm sorry, you know, I believed I was going to win this election, but I, no, they need to double and triple and quadruple down. It's, I did one of my whole shows on the differences, on the fact that there are two Americas, despite what President Obama says, despite what Joe Biden wants to say, I disagree with Joe Biden on this, there are two Americas and, and you can split Americans up in, in, in the several different sets, but a, a lot of the sets are the same. And in that conservative set, there, there's a big chunk of that set, at least, that is unwilling to admit that they are wrong, and they'll they'll never say, "Oh, you know what? I was wrong. I'm sorry." Uh, it, it it will be some other reason. Just that's why Donald Trump has always said every time he hasn't won something or any time he expects to lose something, Donald Trump has always said that this, that it's rigged against him, even though. Like in, in this most recent chance, and I have a whole GOP coup series on this on YouTube. Please check it out uh, on uh, YouTube.liberaldan.com. I've made it easy uh, to get there. Just YouTube.liberaldan.com, and that'll get you to where you need to go. Um, but in this election, he rigged the election for himself. And now he's losing it. And he's not going to say, well, it was my fault I didn't campaign. I didn't campaign properly. I didn't, you know, I didn't reach out to enough people. No, it's it's rigged. There are fraudulent votes. The, the, these are all the things he's going to say because it can't possibly be his own fault. Just like um, Mary Trump, I think his niece, I believe that that's how she's related to him. Mary Trump has said that this family, just just even admitting that you're sick is, is somehow proving weakness. Like they don't want to be near anybody who's sick. They, one of the Donald things, Donald Trump's, statements were was reported about him was that he liked having COVID happening so that he could go to the rallies and have an excuse to not get close to those people that supposedly love him so much. Or they do love him. They love him a lot, but he doesn't love them back. He he they're they're useful idiots to him. Those are they are tools in order for him to keep and maintain power. And despite the fact that the whole thing was just just a crazy attempt to try and launch his own news network or if you, if you believe, uh, was it Miller uh, who said that, that this whole thing was just, just the 2016 election, mind you, was he never expected to win. This was, this whole thing was just going to be about him trying to launch his own news network. And he can't even do that right. Because Hey, we got bringing it, boy, in the chat today. Welcome back! Thank you so much for joining us back in the chat. Um, great to see you. Appreciate it. Um, you know, long time no see. I hope everything has been okay with you. I hope you've been, you and your family have been good and healthy. Um, I believe in California. <laughs> where have been? I've been right here. Wednesdays, 8 p.m. Central for the most part. Um, you have to be where I've been hiding. You know, I've I've been putting more content up on YouTube to try and launch make this the year of Liberal Dan, as I said earlier on in in, in the summer, I believe it was, or late summer, early fall. Um, but yeah, the um, it, it's just all of the things that that Trump has done at this point is really, I mean, he I think if you look on Melania's face, I think in 2016. Uh, the look of shock that she had i don't believe nobody she didn't believe that donald was going to win i don't even think that donald trump believed that he was going to win and i don't i don't think that uh yeah youtube bring it a boy youtube dot com actually if you go to liberal day youtube dot liberalday dot com that will redirect you to my youtube channel um what else I also have been doing some other non-political stuff as well, like my nerdydan.com stuff. Um, don't talk about that too much here, but, you know, it is what it is. Oh, wait, let, let me have Trump say that. It is what it is. Um. So, but now that Trump, you know, Trump got into office, and I, I don't think he's ever been in a situation, and I've discussed this on the podcast as well as well, I don't think he's been in a situation where he has to answer to anybody. I think, I don't think any of his companies, he ever had to listen to somebody else and say, Oh no, that we're going to do that. That's fine. You know, no, Donald Trump has always been, you do this, you do this, you do this. He had unlimited power within his company to do, to do whatever he wanted to do and to tell people whoever he wanted, he ran it exactly like he wanted him. He may have seeked, maybe seek seek legal advice or maybe he got some advice from some people. But at the end of the day, he was the one who said what to do and what you should do. And I think once he got into the pe- presidency, I don't think he necessarily knew what to do with himself because, you know, after after years of conservatives berating executive orders for an all executive all an executive order is what what at least a legal executive order, all that is is the executive officer, i.e. the president, telling the executive branch how to implement the policies under the law. That's all an executive order is. Um, Now, are there executive orders that are extra constitutional or are illegal? Sure, absolutely. And the courts will step in and and intervene at that point. Um, uh, But, you know, like I don't understand, like Donald Trump, you know, he said, oh, we're going to protect pre-existing condition, people with pre-existing condition clauses. Well, how? Well, I wrote an executive order. Well, what? How does that have any impact on law if you overturn the Affordable Care Act, for example? And you can't, there's no answer because of that. Clinton is the only one that used is as a noun. What is, is. Um, I think we all know what is, is in, in regards to that. Uh, so, um, it is what it is. And that depends what is, is. Um well, I'm sorry, I had to, that's what, you have to define what is, is. That's, that's my bad Bill Clinton impression, sorry. Um, so, okay, I, like, I don't know how, why he would believe, except for the fact that he just believes that as president, he's king. And he's made some statements where he's like, I have unlimited power under the Constitution. No, you don't. Um, and he won't after January 20th. But, you know, I think he be- really believed that he just could, just sign something off. all. You know, he he wrote the executive order about the drug prices in order to try and bring down drug prices. And while I'm I'm sure that executive order will be very beneficial to the people that he helps, uh, as I described on this podcast earlier, I think it's like three tenths of one percent is the amount of people who will get counted. If you do the math and figure out, Okay, this is how many people in this country as a percentage that have that either require insulin PENs or need EpiPENs. Uh, and then this is the, that's the percentage of people who need that on average. And then these are the amount of people that are serviced by these clinics who the executive order affects. So you take that percentage of those people and you wind up at 0.3% of the entire or three-tenths of 1% of the entirety of the country that will be benefited from this. Thing. And look, it's, it's good that those people will get help, but the idea that it's going to be this panacea that helps everyone. It's nowhere near the case. You need, you need real legislation to get that done. And Mr. Art of the Deal just gives stuff away. You know, he, he gave away the embassy in, in Jerusalem without any sort of saying, OK, well, we're going to move the embassy in Jerusalem, but it's going to be part of some greater deal that requires some concessions on the part of Israel. And that we're also and those concessions on the part of Israel will then allow the Palestinians to have some things, but then they will have to have confessions as well. And that's how you, that's how you, That's if I was president, that's how I would have negotiated the embassy move to Jerusalem from Tel Aviv. Um, and I'm Jewish. And so people want to say, well, if you're Jewish, why don't you? No, know? because the people that Trump were pandering to when it comes to uh, the Israeli support are, are not Jews. I mean, there are some Jews that might appreciate it, but there are many Jews who disagree with the current administration in Israel and do not like Netanyahu and think that he's causing more harm than good. But at the end of the day, Trump is, is, is pandering to the evangelicals who look at Israel and say, oh, well, in order for our biblical, biblical prophecies to come true, we need to have lots of Jews living in Israel so they can be the first to die in the end times. So <laughs> that, that with friends like that, who needs an enemy? Um but no, but and then we, we move on to the fact that we had now have you know Joe Biden is as they would legally say, at least as 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 the wording is legally uh, in order for them to receive transition funding to be able to open up an office and to be able to start working and getting the presidential daily briefings and such. Uh, which I would like your comments on that. Bringing it, boy. Um, I would like to hear what, or see, or read uh, what you have to say about president-elect Joe Biden on uh, not receiving the PDBs, not receiving the, the help that's mandated by law for the apparent winner of the presidential election. And we can all have that argument, and we can have that. We won't even have the argument. We all know, if you follow how the Electoral College works, we all know that officially uh, the president is not officially uh, the president-elect until the, until the second Monday after the first Wednesday, I think, of December. I think that's the wording of it. Uh, so December 14th, I think that's the case this year. And then you have, so you have to have all the elections certified in the States uh, by the safe harbor date of December 8th. Um, so, and then, but, but the, there has never been a recount that I'm aware of that has turned turned around an election with a difference of 10,000 votes or greater. And that's, I think, the that's Ten thousand is less than the minimum number of different than the minimum difference between the candidates in this given races in Nevada, in Arizona, in um, Georgia, and then of course you get to the other big three: the Wisconsin, Michigan, and uh, Pennsylvania. And you you exceed tens of thousands in in Michigan. You're getting two hundred over a hundred thousand. I think in Pennsylvania you might likely see a hundred thousand at the end. Once everything is fully counted, you're going to see a hundred thousand. Uh, difference there, and you have. I think once everything is counted, we're going to see uh, the popular vote that that Joe Biden will have topped to 80 million. I believe that is going to be the case because a while back uh, you have. Um, I I think on election day, as they were counting the votes, or maybe the day after election day, and you they had gotten to maybe 90% of the votes counted, and Biden was already at 72 million. I was like, well, if you do the math on the how many total votes we have ca- cast. And the percentage of, of votes so far that Biden has gotten, and you just take that average, I think well, at the end of the day, we're going to see Joe Biden getting 80 million votes. That turnout is huge. And whether or not that turnout is for Joe Biden or whether that, that turnout is against Donald Trump, at the end of the day, uh, it's a huge rebuke of Donald Trump. And assuming that the Electoral College results hold, as they likely will, um, you will have a Joe Biden landslide by you know, the clear terminology that Donald Trump used to claim a landslide when he won the presidency by a much thinner margin, even though it's the same Electoral College margin. He had an Electoral College landslide against Donald Trump with a popular vote landslide of 80 million votes, 5 million votes difference at least by this time. And I'm waiting. Bringing voices, Here's what I think. And dot, dot, dot. We will wait for it to see what he thinks, and we will t- t- deal with that accordingly. But I think Donald Trump sees the writing on the wall. I think he's preparing for you know life after the White House. And I think a lot of this is a show to just get his supporters riled up to support him in whatever it is he does. Let, let me let me pull up something. A conversation that I had on Facebook. Obviously. Facebook conversations aren't necessarily the the best place to get facts, uh, but you, we can see we can see how people think, and uh, there are still plenty of conservatives who haven't quite yet made it over to parlor or some call it mind space or some other thing mocking the existence of parlor uh, as it stands. Uh, let's see where is that post? There, there it is. The person's name was Evelyn, who was responding to me. Um, and my, my comment was, uh, Trump lost. It's over. And she, of course, goes not over yet, And we give ourselves memes back and forth. And you know, my question was this. What do you think Trump's path is? What method do you believe will gain him enough votes to win enough states to change the results? What states are in reach? Or do you think Trump's going to do something else? And she goes, it all depends on the recount. If he's not elected for his second term, he will be doing something to save our country from socialism. So I've asked, what is that thing that he's going to do? Is he going to, you know, cause such problems uh, that, you know, maybe he'll call up the Proud Boys and say, you need to fight for me? Uh, Is he going to have, you know, form his own army and declare war? Is he going to uh, refuse to concede and declare himself president for a second term? And then when he does that, is he going to then, uh, you know, demand that the troops follow him and hope that a significant number of troops do follow him and create a second civil war? Um, I don't know. I don't know what he is going to do. Uh, when it comes to that, the the, door is wide open uh, for things that he could potentially try to do and how literally how insane he wants to prove that he is and his followers who might follow him off that clip, uh, like Lemmings. Um, But one one of the things he can do is just make it such an absolute... You remember the scene in... um, There's a scene in Independence Day, and it was on the other day. Uh, One of the stations had Independence Day on, and Uh, There was a scene where they were discussing whether or not we should nuke uh, one of our own cities, Uh, nuke Houston, I believe it was the first one to get nuked, under the thought that, well, if they're going to destroy us anyway, and, and the president's like, no, no, we can't nuke our own citizens, we can't nuke our own country, this is just ridiculous, we can't do that. And then it just seemed like they were going to lose anyway, so might as well, why not? Why not nuke it? Why not do a scorched earth policy. If, if we can't have it, they're not going to have it either. Of course, in that case, nuking, it didn't work. The aliens still persisted and they had to come up with another way to fight. Uh, but in this one, you know, you have him firing people left and right. He just withdrew after troops uh, now uh, from Afghanistan. And not that I'm supporting more troops in Afghanistan, but uh, I don't necessarily think that him withdrawing troops now has anything to do with American security and safety in the region. I think he's just trying to destabilize as much as he can, like a toddler just throwing things being drugged out of a Chuck E. Cheese. Uh, he refuses to hand over the keys. He continues to cast doubts on the election results, despite, despite the fact that his own former director of Homeland Security rebuked him on that and said that this is the most secure election uh, in, the, in the history of our country um and he is just constantly trying to damage that and we'll go over some of those things but first let's let's talk about so bringing a boy our election is a process that pr- is a process that with procedures to safeguard for a fair elections if i if, if there were issues questions, or mistakes human or intended then these things can be rooted out for future elections absolutely i mean yeah look we should absolutely be looking to reduce the fraud that takes place in an election absolutely um but one of the things that I think is is missing from the right, from the conservatives who only want to view things with myopic, you know, blinders on, just one one way to look at things. one of view: they're only looking a at illegally cast ballots in democratic areas. Why aren't they looking for illegally cast ballots everywhere? If it's such a problem, your side might be doing it too. Hell, there was a there was an article. Uh, where, where where is this article? Where is this? Uh, news Um, where's this one article that I found from Yahoo News according to a Georgia election official uh, Trump would have won Georgia by 10,000 votes if he hadn't suppressed his own voting base Georgia's uh, Republican top elected official Brad Raffensperger said he believes President Trump's attack on mail-in voting suppressed his own base and caused him to lose the state. Now what how He was attacking mail on voting uh, because he, he wanted people to believe that it wasn't secure. Even though the Republican Party was at the same time sending out unsolicited mail, ballot requests to voters in Florida. Uh, so he he was doing they were doing that against what he said was, was fraud. But he was also slowing down the mail. Now he slowed down the mail in in there reports and I shared this on Twitter you had reports that he that DeJoy, um, slowed down the mail in Atlanta and in Pennsylvania, and these are places where the the mail-in votes, except for from uh, troops, had to be in by election day. So they slowed down the mail so that any ballots sent in last minute, what might be hung up by the mail system, and then might be, um, then once they're received too late, then they're not counted, and to me that's harmful to the election that is election fraud yeah you know somebody somebody showing up and casting a second ballot or casting a ballot that they're not legally able to cast that's voter fraud and that should be stopped and we can do that by many means uh, unfortunately a lot of people think that of uh, having a voter id is a panacea and will fix everything it won't many types of voter fraud that exists are not changed uh, by having a voter id i do believe that voter id's should be provided for everybody, give everybody a photo ID, say, look, here you go, here's your photo ID, this is what you use to vote, scan it with who, at whatever voting place you vote at, and then cast your ballot, so you prove who you are. I think it would be great. I don't think it can happen unless you have a constitutional amendment allowing uh, the federal government to do that, but I would not be opposed to such a constitutional amendment that would allow uh, for federal elections or strict some some guidelines for federal elections on proving that you are who you say you are, but I also think such a constitutional amendment should also, pre- should also prevent other people from denying, should specifically state that the de- denying somebody the right to vote is a civil rights violation. And that if you specifically deny somebody the right to vote who had the right to vote, uh, then you are guilty of a crime and you should be able to be locked up in jail. Uh, because it is the one thing that I've never understood from many conservatives who talk about voter fraud and talk about election fraud and want to talk about maintaining the sanctity of our elections is this. If we are going to say that how can we say that one cast ballot that should't have been cast ruins the election or damages the election process, but're we're, we're not going to then say that prohibiting somebody who was legally entitled to vote, we're not going to say that they getting to vote, them not getting to vote when they tried to and should have been able to is also not something that harms the election process. I, I think I think you have to believe in both if you really want to believe in, uh, the process and want to and and hold it sacred, if you hold the right to vote as sacred as we should, and I mean, I don't necessarily think that the right to vote is, needs to be enumerated in the Constitution because it already is several times. Uh, in my GOP coup series, I've stated several times. If we are to believe that, the right, that voting is a right uh, as declared several places in the Constitution, uh, then we need to take steps to make sure that that right is protected. Um, and voting purges that, that remove legitimately, legitimate voters from the system uh, that prevent them from voting, it, uh, actions that put certain voter registrations on hold because you don't think it matches 100%, uh, because you're casting doubts. Uh, the vast majority of those types of ballots that took place in 2018 in the state of Georgia, by Kemp, the same person running for governor, um, they held like 50,000 to 70,000, if I'm remembering correctly, uh, ballot applications, not ballot applications, but voter registration applications and they held them and they didn't let them through because they thought they were somehow questionable. 70% of those were black people. 80% of those were minorities in general. So 20% of the people that were withheld were white and the difference in that election between Stacey Abrams and uh, Kemp, uh, much less than that. And if those people would have been allowed to vote, uh, they uh, Abrams may have very- won that election. Started to see the blue wave in Georgia, but now we have, and hopefully, we will continue to see that. Let's see. Um, oh, come on, Dan, you're repeating talking points about pulling out troops. I listen to left wing media to see what they're saying. I mean, if I happen to be, I, I'll be honest with you, um, I have not listened to any left wing media in the last maybe month or so. Uh, I used to listen to it when I was working, uh, doing programming, I would have it on in the background. Listen to guys, I'm spitting out code. Uh, I haven't listened to any um, radio, at least wise. I mean, I've, I've watched some of the, some of the television, but I haven't really seen any any comments about the withdrawal of troops, except for the fact that we have. That's the only thing I heard, and and I don't even know if what he's doing with the withdrawal of troops is, you know, something that was already planned and, and in the scale down. I know he had stated in his Vox interview um, where he said this. It is what it is. I know that he, he stated that there were plans to do drawdowns of troops in Afghanistan, and, and that's fine. Um, I do think that we should have we should be leaving the Middle East as, as, as responsibly at responsible levels so that we don't disrupt it. Um, and we should be more responsible about leaving the Middle East than we were about going into the Middle East in the first place. So look, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that anything, everything that Donald Trump does is wrong just because he's Donald Trump. I'm not, that's not the type of podcast that I have. That's not, that's not what I believe. If somebody does something that is right, and I happen to generally disagree with that person, I am the type of person who believes it's important to say this thing that you did is right. And I appreciate that. I agree with it. And I, and I wish, you know, I'll leave it there. I wish you would do more things that I believe are right, but I will, I will, I will say I agree with you on that particular thing, even if we disagree on ninety percent of other things. And and also, I also type of podcast. I'm also the type of person that would say, uh, if if somebody is treated badly, just because you know they are, you know, a Republican, I'm not going to say that. No, that we, I'm not going to ignore the fact that that person was treated badly just because that person is a Republican. I'm going to speak out on this podcast. I remember. Uh, when it was the primaries in 2012, for the 2012 election, and you had Rick Santorum uh, versus uh, Mitt Romney. And Rick Santorum made the comment that if we're going to repeal Obamacare, that Mitt Romney is the worst Republican to run against Barack Obama, because Mitt Romney, when he was governor of Massachusetts, implemented basically the same thing in Massachusetts. And he's, he was right. He was right that if you want to repeal Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act that Mitt, Mitt Romney has no leg to stand on to oppose the Affordable Care Act. There was none. There was none there because he supported that at the state level. You could make the argument, well, that was the choice that Massachusetts made, but I don't believe it's a it's a, it's a good idea for federal government to do it. But it's still he he was proving that this type of system works, and so it, it, Rick Santorum was coming at Barack Obama and the Affordable Care Act from a more consistent conservative rate. And the New York Times asked Rick Santorum, do you really believe that that Mitt Romney is the worst Republican? And exasperation on the face of Rick Santorum when he was asked that was more than my look of exasperation. Because I looked at that reporter and I was like, this reporter is a piece of garbage. Who is clearly not reporting the facts correctly, and you are not treating Rick Santorum fairly, and you're not—you're you're lying about what he said in order to make a point. So, so uh, does that mean I support Rick Santorum? No, I absolutely despise Rick Santorum. I think he's a terrible person. I think he stands for many, many terrible things. But I don't think that we should fight the things that Rick Santorum believes in uh, by opposing him. Uh, in a way that's dishonest. Donald Trump, come back to Donald Trump for a second. His right to try uh, legislation that he had passed. I'm all for it. I think it's a good thing. There are conservatives who are talking about the general idea of of, of eliminating surprise billing. I've been talking about this for years. I'm glad that somebody's picking up surprise billing now. Should. I think Democrats are basically saying, well, we should, or a lot of Democrats, at least the progressive ones that are saying we should have Medicare for all, in which case you would not have any surprise billing. Um, so there's that. But no, I think it's ridiculous that, you know, you should, you should be able to know what all the things are going to be charged and you should be able to be comforted in knowing that every place that you go is going to send things in network. I could rant about that for a whole episode because I've had that happen to me recently that we were told, oh, well, th- these aren't covered. This is out of network. This is not covered by the network in our network. This is an out of network lab. Your your, your person sent it to an out of network lab, so therefore you have to pay the full amount, even though my wife, my wife hit her maximum out of pocket this year. She hit her maximum out of pocket this year, and now she's expected to pay the. Now she's expected to pay. It's ridiculous. Let's see. More stuff by bringing a boy. Apparently, there were no problems reported in other states, but there are no problems reported in other states because. Biden's not sitting there trying to win states like Wyoming. He's not trying to win states like um, Louisiana. <laughs> so, so Biden's not going to... Now, Trump, obviously, Trump was on defense this entire time. He was going to be the one who was going to be saying, oh, let's look at these votes, let's look at these votes. But Trump's not looking at votes in, like, in the conservative areas of, of uh, Pennsylvania. He's only looking at the liberal areas of and, and the minor, high minority areas which if, if he if he wants to do what he what he's doing, it would have a disproportionate impact now, let's go way back to the two thousand elections. Um, there was a process that needed to be followed in the two thousand elections. people were being critical of uh, Al Gore at the time for only bringing up only asking for recounts in particular counties and The problem is, is that during the, if I'm remembering the facts correctly, because I used to have this down pat, so I'm sure I've forgotten a little bit about it. But as I'm recalling, you had the protest phase and you had the contest phase. And the protest phase, uh, I guess, was before the elections would be certified. Uh, You you, you could only make challenges in particular counties. And the only time that way that a county would be required to uh, recount the ballots would be if that effort in that county would change the results of the election. So Al Gore, if Al Gore went to a conservative county and, and said, "Hey, can you recount these votes?" and they did a sampling—that's the thing You had to do a sampling of the ballots. I think there were—I think it was a one percent sampling. You look at one percent of the ballots and you say, "Okay, well, let's let's see the let's extrapolate this to the hundred percent of the of the of the county. Would this cause a change in the election? Most more than likely not in a conservative county." But in a liberal county, it may very well do so. So that's why he asked for these partial recounts in these three counties. And of course, the conservatives were like, "Well, why is he only asking for the, for these things?" And and the and the answer was because that's what he's required to do so by law. That's the process as it's spelled out. He's following the process. And then in the contest phase, what what should have likely happened is he should have they should have had the uh, recounts in West Palm Beach and the other two I think counties that were involved which may have then flipped the election for Al Gore. And then George W. Bush should have then come in and says, well, you only recounted these three counties. Let's recount the entire state. Um, and then the state court judge would have then been allowed to recount the entire state. But by the, before that could all happen. And they did the, They did do a full state recount. Or um, order one from from the Florida Supreme Court. And of course, as we all know, it was a 5-4 ruling that handed George W. Bush the election that told the state to stop the counting, but did not set legal precedent because they specifically said, this does not set legal precedent. This is a narrow ruling only for this election. <sighs> so, that has to do with this. Well, Maybe and I haven't seen this, but maybe the argument can be made that the reason that Donald Trump is doing this is in Philadelphia and not in the other areas because he believes that by doing it in Philadelphia he's going to prove you know the fraud necessary to do it. Now, granted, it's the opposite of what Gore was doing. Gore was asking to recount areas or to look at the votes from areas in Democratic areas. Trump is asking to not not looking to ask to recount votes in conservative areas, but He's he's asking to recount the liberal areas, so it, it, it's a little bit opposite of what War was doing. But it's, it might be understandable if Pennsylvania law, and I'm and I'm not as up to, on Pennsylvania law because if if I was to understanding one state's laws when it came to that recount in 2020 is much different than under than than understanding the uh, six so or so states that are potentially uh, being contested by the Trump campaign in this particular case. So. What call it? Um, so if if the Trump campaign was saying, look, the only reason why we're doing these things is because we don't believe that there would be that we have to ask for recounts in specific counties, just like Gore did in Florida, and if that was their argument, then I would accept it. I don't believe that. I wouldn't just say, oh, well, no, it's 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 racist because it's targeting these areas. I would say, no, he's got a point, and I would I would give him that point. Uh, let's see. I'm going through your comments, bringing you boy. um What do you mean unsolicited requests that, that it doesn't make sense? Okay, going back, uh, Donald Trump was complaining about uh, unsolicited um, ballot applications uh, that were being sent out in several states where um, you could uh, send out an application to a voter uh, to apply for an absentee or mail-in ballot. And that person could then return it and then get a ballot in response. Um, Donald Trump was calling that unsolicited ballots, but it it was really unsolicited ballot requests. Um, And in the state of Florida, uh, the Republican party specifically would send what you don't have to be the state. The state doesn't have to do it. The state doesn't have to be the one that sends out the applications. Anybody could send out a ballot request form to any voter that they feel they want to send it to. So the Republican Party can say, we're going to target all the Republicans in the state. We're going to target the people who we feel are more likely to vote for Donald Trump, and we're going to send them all absentee ballot request forms and hope that they fill it out and return it back so they can then vote by mail. And that happened. And one of the people that it happened to, that mail got forwarded on to their new home in Iowa, I think it was, or someplace in the Midwest, and it was it was clear that you know they were sending out ballot requests to people at addresses that were stale. So, but th- that doesn't mean that those people are now then going to cast an absentee ballot illegally. It just means that they're getting a request form and they can. I think there are some people. I think there are some organizations instead of getting the mailing list from the registrar of voters. Which may have been more expensive. Those same people uh, sent in um, ballots to um, those same those people sent ballots to to people that they got via mailing lists. And you know how some people are cute, and they'll be like, "Okay, well, I'm going to order something for my dog, so I'm going to sign my dog up for uh, the uh, the mailing list from PetSmart." So the person buys the mailing list and just sends absentee ballots to all the people on the mailing list. So Fido Mick Zimmerman or whatever, uh, Irish-Jewish person, I guess, uh, gets a a ballot request in the mail. Then they go, oh, well, my dog got a ballot request in the mail. This proves the election is rigged and flawed. No, it just proves that the people sending those ballot request forms to people just bought a mailing list that happened to include Fido. That doesn't mean that Fido is going to send a request or that somebody is going to send a ballot request for on behalf of FIDO and hoping to be able to get, get the cast to cast a vote for FIDO. Because once they fill out, like, okay, FIDO, Mick Zimmerman, uh, send it to the Secretary of State. Secretary of State's looks, office looks at it and goes, you know, that's not a person on the voting list, so we're not going to send you a ballot. And that's the end of it. And that's how it's supposed to work. You send in the request. They look at the request form. They say, oh, this person is a voter. Here's the absentee ballot. This person's not a voter. Here's, we're not sending you an absentee ballot. Let's okay, see. No, no, no. There are states who mailed every registered voter a state of ballot. That's good. I, no, and I'm not talking about those states. I'm talking about like I'm talking specifically about uh, and and those other states where you have to mail in a request for absentee. Ballot. There are states like Washington State, <coughs> I believe Idaho and Colorado, do 100% vote by mail do 100% vote by mail. I'm sorry, it's not their right. It's, they have the authority to set that up. So since they have the authority, because the Constitution does not dictate how voting should take place under the 10th Amendment, uh, the states can determine for themselves how they want to do elections. The uh, state of Colorado and the state of Washington and Idaho and I believe one other state has automatically uh, sent out ballots. And it works fine, and, there's no, and, and the amount of fraud... In those states are negligible. So, but that's not what Trump was talking about when, it, when he was complaining about the unsolicited absentee ballots. He, he was talking about, he was specifically saying, he was saying unsolicited absentee ballots, but in reality, he was meeting un, un, unsolicited absentee ballot requests. That's what he was, because if you listen to the context of what he was saying, he was talking about the request that they were being received by people. And then because there were news articles that were discussing the same cases and those same cases, like the one where somebody's dog got it or the one where somebody got it in an Iowa because they had moved, those people got request forms. They didn't get the actual ballots in hands. You need to, in those states that don't have 100% mail-in voting, those that you have to request an absentee ballot. Um, Dr. Apple. See, I don't, <laughs> you might have had a lot of uh, dominion vote tally machine vulnerabilities before senate I, I would have to go watch that video i don't necessarily have the time to watch that video but i'm unsure a lot of the dominion stuff has been debunked by other people let's see election issue were results of people who were affected reported to the election commission uh, but there are a lot of people who who you know said hey i I've, i i saw this voting regulator there was a I think a postal worker who was reporting voting irregularities and who made a signed deposition, Uh, but then when it came time to actually get to court, the person recanted. He said, "No, I, I, I was wrong. This did not take place." You also had other examples where the Trump lawyers were coming in, trying to allege that there was this, that these people were alleging voter fraud, and and these judges, you, you could read it in their rulings. They're getting frustrated with the Trump campaign and their lawyers. Because the lawyers will come in and allege fraud and then they say, well, where's the evidence? And they're like, well, we don't have any. And then they say, well, no, sorry. You need to have some evidence to show me to be able to continue on with this trial. Um, He said mail-in. I I know what Trump said. I know Trump said mail-in ballots, but you have to take the comments within the context. And Trump's not the brightest bulb in the door. in In the brightest, brightest, Sandwich in a six pack, or whatever mixed metaphor you want to use. Uh, you can li- talk about what Trump said, or you can talk about what he was talking about. When he was talking about mail-in balloting that were unsolicited, he's talking about he was talking about the ballot requests in those states because he was talking about states. But if you listen to the conversations when he was talking, the states that he was talking about doesn't have unsolicited ballots being sent. He was talking about the states that were implementing it this year for expanding absentee voting, and what the Democrats wanted, which was to have to be, to enable uh, via the CARES Act or via HEALS Act or whichever act is sitting on Mitch McConnell's desk and never hasn't been acted on since May. Um, he has been talking. He was talking about that those states which don't have where you have to request abs- absentee ballots. And it's not automatic. The ballot is not automatically sent to you. And I'm sorry if you disagree um, with that, but that's just what I that's what I recall him talking about, and that's what are, the context in which those comments were sent. Okay, let's go ahead and first take our take our what probably will be our only commercial break. Uh, we'll come back and I'll continue addressing the comments in the chat brought to us by Bringing a Boy, um, and take your calls as well nine one four eight zero three forty one thirty one. This is Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. World Gone Mad, one progressive will do a bad movie trailer guy impression to get you to listen to his show. There's only one thing that I like better than the Liberal Dan Radio minicast. All right, Bill, that's enough of that. On the Liberal Dan Radio minicast, you will hear an honest discussion of the day's issues with some personal bits in between. You might even hear what the other side has to say, sometimes even in their own voices. So become one of the Liberal Dan family. Because family means no one gets left behind or forgotten. To hear those bad impressions and more, tune into the Liberal Dan Radio Minicast. Talk from the left, that's right. And I think to myself, What a wonderful show. Mmm. You'll ever hear and no one else will. <laughs> Catch you on the tunes. Would you like to support Liberal Dan radio? Would you like a shout out on the podcast or the minicast? Would you like to purchase advertising or sponsor a bit like Hypocrite of the Week or Words of Redneck Wisdom? You can even sponsor the whole hour. Then become a Liberal Dan Patreon. You can help me grow my audience and for a limited time. First-hour advertisers will lock in their rates for the life of the podcast. Head on over to patreon.com slash liberal and support the show today. Are you planning a trip to Disney soon? Do you want help avoiding spending mistakes and making the most of your vacation? Then check out budgeteers.com, a new site devoted to helping you get the most mouse for your money. What kinds of tickets should you get? Is the dining plan a good deal for you? Should you stay on grounds or not? Should you buy park hoppers? Many other sites are filled with information about what other people like to do. But BudgetEars is geared to help you make the best decision for you. So check out BudgetEars.com or go to YouTube.com slash BudgetEars and help make your trip the best it can be. BudgetEars.com is not a travel agency and it is not affiliated with the Disney Corporation or any of its holdings. Do you want to put some money away for holiday gifts or just create a separate account to save money for a rainy day? Do you want to get a savings bonus every month for money deposited? Do you want the chance to earn up to $10 million simply by depositing money into an FDIC-insured bank? Then open a Yada account and use code LIBERALDAN, make a deposit, and you can get 100 free tickets for next week's jackpot. Each deposit can earn you extra tickets as well. And I've made it easy for you. Just go to yotta.liberaldan.com and sign up. That's Y-O-T-T-A dotliberaldan.com. And welcome back to Liberal Dan Radio, talk from the left. That's right. This is your host Dan Zimmerman, coming at you from New Orleans, Louisiana to so join the show is 914 803 that's 914-803-4131 if you would like to sponsor the show of various forms you could sponsor the hour of the show you could sponsor the studios so instead of let's say your company was called Awesome Widgets and we uh, and you wanted to sponsor the studios uh, you could say hey this I would say this is Liberal Day and Radio from the Awesome Widget Studios live in New Orleans Louisiana um, you can call in 914-803-4131 for example, it's one way that, that, could, that you could sponsor. You could sponsor Bits. I could bring back Headlines, Words of Redneck Wisdom, Hypocrite of the Week, all that good stuff. Um, all you got to do is uh, sponsor the show, and, and I'll be more than happy that those sponsorships include advertising. And you could also throw out more advertising on top of it as well, so that instead of me advertising my own stuff, I can advertise other stuff for you as well. So uh, the other thing is really neat. Um, you know, looked at the website, they don't necessarily say, they don't give interest, so to speak in quotes, um, but there's like a deposit bonus as it stands on top of the uh, special lottery uh, that they hold uh, with. It's, it's not really a lottery, but they give you, it's a lottery like contest. And if you match all of them, you can get up a pretty big cash prize. Um, they could some, And sometimes people like to take part in little savings plans before the holidays in order to help them save for a gift. So um, under normal FDIC requirements, when you deposit money, at least the initial deposit, it has to be in there for a couple of days before you can reaccess it. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a way for you to just put a little extra money aside, either for a rainy day or whatever. And I think it's, I think it's neat. Um, I, the fact that it's FDIC insured is, is very important to me. Um, and if you have a little bit of chance to make a little bit of money, why not? I mean, there's no other bank out there that I'm aware of that's, that's offering um, a chance to win up to $10 million simply by putting a depositing money in the account. I know of none. So, And, when, again, when you sign up, and I think you make a $25 deposit. You and I both get 100 tickets. So there you go. Uh, and what else? I don't think there's anything else. But uh, bringing a boy, he did leave us. Um, for the day, so but thank, I do want to thank him for coming and joining us in the chat as well. Uh, it's always a good thing to uh, to hear from him, despite the fact we disagree. We can be we can disagree without being disagreeable. Um, maybe I'll look at the video. Let me copy the video link as of right now, so I don't lose it, and I'll give it a watch later, and perhaps I will report back on it. At some later date, or maybe I'll even do a reaction video to it about this so-called testimony that took place. So this is this is a congressional uh, testimony about uh, Dominion vote tally machine vulnerabilities on November twelfth, twenty twenty, and it only has four hundred sixty nine views. So uh, we will see uh, if there's any uh, if there's any other sources that debunk uh, Mr. Appel's uh, statements or how serious Dr. Appel's statements are, and you bring something to my attention, I will do my best to, to answer it and to either say, uh, you know what, you're right, or maybe refute it, or what have you. Um, so, but as I was saying, you know, before some of bringing up all these questions, and I'm glad to answer questions because it gives the show more content, and it gives me um, you know, the ability to uh, give my opinions on certain things, and, you know, some well with the podcast. You know, people with podcasts likes to give their opinion on things. So, uh, so yeah, we've we've got you know Donald Trump's firing people, as I said, left and right. It's not the only people that he fired, but uh, Krebs, the national Directed act director of Homeland Security, was fired. Ooh, I'm getting some sound in my ears from one of the websites that I had open. Um, so you had Krebs, who uh, who lost his job. Um, because he dared to reject the president's idea that this, is a, this, that this was an election that was riddled with fraud. Uh, there's, Krebs said, there's no evidence that any voting system deleted or lost votes, changed votes, or was in any way compromised. Uh, recent statement, Chris Krebs, on security of the 2020 election uh, was highly inaccurate, according to Trump. There are massive improprieties and fraud. Um, and, of course, Twitter disputed that because there's no evidence of the massive fraud. But Donald Trump is trying to create such discord in the country. He doesn't want to. He can't admit that he lost, so he needs to blame somebody else. Again, he's claiming it's rigged against him, even though he rigged it for him. And that's pretty sad if you try and rig an election to help you, especially with the mail-in balloting, uh, that he slowed down the mail in like Atlanta and Philly and some other parts of Pennsylvania, but even according to this guy, the guy from Georgia, he basically said, look, if you wouldn't have done this, if you wouldn't have uh, slowed down mail in Georgia, you might've won Georgia. So, sorry, what was that? It is what it is. Thank you. Um, He's not handing over the keys. Uh, They are legally required to, to start, the transition process to the apparent winner of the election. If the apparent winner of the election is not the person currently sitting in the office, um, he's refusing to do that. Now, one of the things that I have heard, uh, saw on MSNBC, uh, saw it, heard it a couple of times, was that um, according to the 9/11 commission, 9-11 commission report that Donald Trump, or, I'm sorry, that Donald, part of the 9-11 commission report, them not declaring George W. Bush the apparent winner till much later in the process uh, meant that George W. Bush and his administration and his transition team did not start getting uh, information on al-Qaeda, on uh, the threat of Osama bin Laden, and uh, how potentially they might be planning to attack this country, uh, that he didn't get it too late. And because he didn't get it too late, he may not have been able to <clears throat> react to that. Now, I'm going to say this about that. I've read the 9/11 Commission Report. I still have the book that I got because I was running for Congress that year, and I figured, or not that year. I think maybe it was the year it came out. I don't know, but it it came out. I want to say maybe in in the spring or the summer, early summer of that year of 2004, and I was running for I was deciding to run for office. So I figured the first thing that was responsible for me to do if I'm going to be a serious candidate for office was I needed to read the 9/11 Commission Report and understand what happened on 9/11, so that when when questions came about, I would be able to effectively answer it. And I still have, I put, I I, I, was really weird because I'm sitting in the middle of an airport reading the nine 11 Commission report. And I'm wondering how many people noticed what I was reading. And it was like, huh, you know, why is he reading that on an airplane? Seems kind of weird to be reading that on an airplane, but I was going back, I think to Baltimore at the times back to visit some family. So I was, uh, wanting to do something on the flight and I wanted to be able to handle this and, and be able to answer those questions. Wanted to be educated on the subject because I felt anybody who was uh, running for office should be able to answer that. And, and what I did is I had a pen and a bunch of post-it notes. And every time I found something that I felt was an important point, I wrote the, the, the summary of the points on the post-it note. I slapped it on that page and that page, that book has a, ton of post-it notes just sticking out of it because I, I I made a lot of notes and I tried to put all of those things in memory. So again, if any debate that I happened to go to or any forum for candidates that I went to, and I said, look, I've read this whole thing. I've taken lots of notes. I'm trying to be the most responsible candidate on here. i wonder if anybody else here has done the same thing. And I got some people nodding. It got me one endorsement by one political organization. That and the fact that the the candidate who eventually wound up winning, Bobby Jindal, never showed up at that one. That basically... Made that point to them. I was like, "Look, you have a candidate who hasn't bothered to show up. He has not respected you as an organization. So why would you give him an endorsement?" They agreed. I, I made a selling, a good selling point. So, um, but I don't remember once in that book reading that the long transition. Now it's a, it's a long book, and maybe I let maybe it just didn't stand out to me as something that was as important. It seemed to be more important that they, the Bush administration ignored what was going on in the first place, that they got this information, they got the information, and they ignored the information. They ignored it in the briefing. They, 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 they were told that this was a threat. They were told that in late December they had found out uh, that bin Laden was responsible. They had confirmed, I would guess, that oh, bin Laden was responsible for the coal bombing. And he didn't take Bin Laden seriously enough, despite the fact that the Clinton administration told him this information. So I don't put a lot of stock in the idea that, that because of the delayed transition uh, that George W. Bush was – in not, that to me, if it would have had any effect on the Bush administration's ability to respond to the 9-11 attacks or in their not being able to resp- – or their choosing to not respond to the 9-11 attacks uh, early enough – um, I, I think it's very small compared to their shown unwillingness to listen to information given to them by the Clinton administration. I think their, will, their, their willful ignorance, their chosen ignorance, was, played a much more vital role in their inability to defend this country than the uh, simple fact that there was a disputed election. I also think that despite the harm uh, that might be done or the had the difficulties that might happen um, in Joe Biden not being able to get the legal uh, transition aid that is supposed to be given to his office, despite all that, I do believe that um, I do believe that he's probably probably one of the most capable people of being able to handle a transition with short time because he was there eight years as vice president. I, he was eight years, ready to go, fired up, ready to go, fired up, ready to Joe. He was there. He absolutely the person who is probably the most capable of and, and surrounding himself with a team of people that will enable them to hit the ground running on day, whatever day it is that they get access to that even if they don't get access till January 2021 even if it takes till, till the 20th of January of next year for them to be able to start doing what they need to do i think that biden and is it ideal no but i think that biden will be able to do it i think biden is the one who who is, who does need to be in that position at this time so there's that that being said uh the fact that trump is not handing over the keys just is doing some damage you know if it was anybody else who got the democratic nomination i think it would be much more damage because there would be uh, not to say that those people would not have chosen good staff i believe that they would have chosen good staff um i believe that potentially joe biden would have been there to help them along the way as well but i think that because joe biden is there i think he knows who to put in i think he knows what to do to get it done and i think he will be the one that best handles it but that Again, it still would be much better for this country if Trump would help hand over the keys, but he won't because that requires him admitting that he lost. Um, again, he's casting down on the election results. There's just, there's just so much damage that, that this president could do. And then there's, you go back to the comment that I was talking about here. Uh, what do you think he's going to do? Um, let's see. What is it, He's going to get the Proud Boys. Or is he going to fight U.S. troops? What the hell is he going to do? Um, the idea that Biden is a socialist is also hilarious because he, she was saying that uh to save her country from socialism. But you know, he could get himself in. He could, he could make declarations saying, look, you know, the, I am the right president. I won this election. The military needs to stand by me. He could do those things. Whether or not those things would be successful, um, I choose to believe that the military would not choose to follow any legal order by any legal president. Uh, I think that as Joe Biden and his administra- or his team has said that uh, the Secret Service is fully capable of removing a trespasser from the White House, and that's what Donald Trump will be afternoon on January twentieth, twenty twenty-one. So, it is. What is it? Sorry, Donald. What was that again? It is what it is. Thank you, Donald. Um, Anyway, so my thoughts on that issue. I I probably could have gone into some more uh, thoughts about all of the other things. I mean, the people that that he's named, let's see, appointments uh, that Trump has named. Let's go over a few of those. Uh, Four hours ago, Yahoo News, Trump appoints speechwriter for attending conference with white nationalists to commission that preserves Holocaust memorials. woo a former speech writer fired from the White House in 2018 for attending a conference in which white supremacists were also present has been appointed to a commission tasked with preserving Holocaust related sites across Europe. Darren Beattie will join the Commission for Preservation of America's Heritage Abroad. Um, huge honor and responsibility. You know, the appointment comes shortly after Beattie and comments made on Fox News. Host Tucker Carlson show compared supposed efforts to ask President Trump to. The color revolutions that defeated authoritarian leaders across Eastern Europe. Um, He said that those efforts are being engineered by Norm Eason, who served under the Obama administration. Um, He described the case against Eason that Carlson cut off the segment. Um, uh, He also suggested that George Soros was behind attempts to remove Trump from office. Um, So, and, and that's just clearly anti Semitic because anytime people bring up George Soros, it's always an anti-Semitic attack. Um, Christopher Miller uh, is the acting director of the Secretary of Defense, Um, staunch conservative as new FERC president two weeks ago. Um, So since the election has taken place, Donald Trump has named a lot of different people. There was somebody tied, I think, to Stephen Miller, uh, who was also fired from the White House previously, um, so there's a lot of people that who Trump has appointed um, to replace these people who are leaving. You know there are people in the Department of Justice who basically who've been fired because they won't do what Barr wants them to do. They won't go after the supposed election fraud, but there's no evidence there's no evidence to show that there is any significant election fraud. And even if this video does show that there are vulnerabilities in these voting machines, um, even if there is evidence that these motor funding machines have the potential to be fraudulent or to have it doesn't mean that the fraud took place uh, just because it's possible to do a thing doesn't mean the thing actually happened uh, because in order for it, them to do it they have to risk there's there's the risk versus the reward and what what is the reward of getting Donald Trump as your next president worth the risk of going to jail I'm sure there are some people that would say, well, hell yeah, I would go to jail so Trump could continue to be president. I'm sure that would happen, but uh, I don't think there are a lot of people who would be willing to follow suit. I don't necessarily know how many people are willing to go to jail for Donald Trump. Now, maybe they would. Maybe they would hope that he would be pardoned, that they would would go to jail for Trump in a federal crime and that Trump would um, say, hey, I'm going to pardon you. Maybe they'll hope for that. I don't know. Trump, that's another thing of Trump. Trump could just start pardoning people left and right, even people that shouldn't be pardoned, just because if he, if he really wants to do significant damage, he goes like, pardon, 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 pardon. He may very well pardon all of the people who, um, you know, either preemptively or not, to um, basically say, look, I'll pardon you for everything that took place. You're all pardoned of all federal crimes ever. And let that be him running out the door. Can he pardon himself? There's, there's separate legal theories on that, too. He could do that, in which case, if, if, if the pardoning of itself is legal, then there's not much that the next incoming Biden administration can do about it. And that's one other thing I wanted to talk about before I ended the show, which was the idea that whether or not um, Joe Biden will go after Donald Trump and say that he should be convicted of any crimes that he may have committed while in office or even before going, becoming president of the United States. Now, here's my thing. If if you don't go af- if, if the next justice department doesn't go after Joe doesn't go after Donald Trump uh, for any crimes that they have committed committed under federal law, then that's tacit approval of those actions and it allows it to just continue and you can't do it. you can't allow that. The other side of the coin is that um if if you do lock Trump up for, for his crimes, for any crimes that he may have committed, then you're going to enrage and inflame a lot of people. He's going to get a lot of support from those people who think he should be still president. They, uh, you know, even, you know, back go back into your history, Adolf Hitler didn't become uh, chancellor and then dictator of Germany until after he went to prison and that's where he wrote Mein Kampf or it was written, I guess, for him. Uh, I want to say, was it, I forget what his, the guy that actually wrote it down was. I forget his name. It was on the tip of my tongue. I lost it the other day, but at the end of the day, you know, it took him going to jail and basically becoming a political martyr, so to speak. he didn't die, but same, same basic thing. He got sympathy he got released from jail eventually, and then uh, he took over the country. And there's nothing stopping, even if he was in jail. I don't think there's anything preventing somebody who was in prison from running for president. It could happen. Who knows? Who, know, who knows if it could happen? We don't know. I mean, we, we've, I don't think we've ever seen that happening, but it could. But and, – and the point made to me on Twitter um, when it was on, was that – and something I agree with is that hopefully – you know, under the Obama administration, we have had this idea that the Justice Department is autonomous, that even though it's uh, the person who is the head of the Justice Department should be serve, does serve at the president's uh, discretion, uh, the president's, I like guess, can fire, and we have seen multiple um, attorneys general are, during the Trump administration. There's the, the, the just the simple fact that, you know, during the Trump administration, clearly Uh, The Justice Department has been his own personal legal team. You know, they went after uh, one of the individuals who claimed that Trump uh, defamed them. Uh, They were defending the president. Uh, That's bizarre that the Justice Department would would be his personal legal team. But they decided to do it. They are going to um, act as as his his campaign as well as they are going to try and go after the so-called election fraud that doesn't exist. So, hopefully, in a Biden administration, Joe Biden would say, "He, this person is going to be my attorney general, this is the person I'm back, and this person is going to be autonomous and be able to go after uh, criminals without my input. And then that person would say, well, the, one of the people that committed a crime was Donald J. Trump, and we're going to go after him and his criminal family uh, for the crimes that they committed against this country. Meanwhile, uh, there's nothing that Donald Trump can do, pardon-wise or otherwise, to prevent this state level charges that could be coming his way, like in the state of New York um, about tax fraud and stuff like that. So even if he doesn't go to federal prison, he could still very well wind up going to state prison. Um, That's why probably he's hoping uh, that he could somehow manipulate the system in such a way. And the the most damage Donald Trump could do or could have done already uh, to a system is to make it so that um, he gets he, he's able to bring the fight all the way to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court goes, uh, these states' votes are invalid. They can't be certified by the date in question. So therefore, uh, Joe Biden doesn't get any of those things. So nobody has uh, 270 votes in the Electoral College. And once that happens, it, the House of Representatives picks uh, this House of Representatives by state. Each state gets one vote by the state delegation. That state delegation then says, okay, we're going to vote for this person, and the person who wins a majority of those votes wins. And if that happens, the winner of the election will be Donald Trump. And if that happens, then uh, this country's dead. So that that is, that is the most amount of damage that Donald Trump could do, would be to get that scenario done. Will he be able to get that scenario done? I don't know. I believe that Amy Coney Barrett and uh, I believe Amy Coney Barrett and um, uh, Thomas and Alito would very would probably vote to overturn um, legitimate, legitimately determined Electoral College votes in support of President Trump. That's three. Uh, you would then need to get uh, Gorsuch and Kavanaugh and maybe Roberts. I don't think Roberts would go along with it. Um, I think Roberts looks at his legacy too much and would see that his legacy would just be shot to hell if he were to do something like that. So I don't think Roberts would be something I think he would side with the liberals in that case. Um, Could, can, would, would, I mean, the fact that Gorsuch and Kavanaugh were both appointed by Trump makes one think that maybe that would be the best way for him to be able to get that. It was because he appointed those three. However, who knows? Would Kavanaugh say, you know what? This is ridiculous. I'm siding with the liberals this time. Would Gorsuch do that? I don't. I don't. Maybe even Alito or Thomas might do that. I don't know. But Donald Trump is clearly hoping for Supreme Court intervention because that's the only way that can happen. And if, if the Supreme Court hands Donald Trump this election, this country is done. And I don't think that Supreme Court will allow that to happen. Um, but that's the that, that that is the hypothetical most amount of damage that Trump could do either by having the Supreme Court uh, uncertify ballots, say that these ballots ballots were not certified uh, these states were not certified properly, so therefore the, Joe Biden does not have them, or to just flat out have his proud boy army declare war, and just have an open civil war. Those are the two worst case scenarios that, that he could do. How likely are they? I don't know. I don't know how likely they are at all. but at the end of the day, it's something that we all have to keep in mind, and we understand that, you know, even though if things go the way they should go, Joe Biden will be taking office that noon on January 20th, 2021, um, but we have to be ever vigilant to make sure that remains the case. Again, uh, thank you very much for listening to this episode of Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left, that's right. I will be back this and every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central on blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. Uh, you can also follow me facebook.com slash liberal Dan, liberal Dan radio on twitter um, liberaldan.com and please also support the patreon patreoncom slash liberal Dan. Until next week, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. that's right.